Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast, an Iowa rugby podcast. I'm Mr. Gray. And I'm Philly B. And we're in the Wombat Den studio on election night. Election night it is, yeah. Oh, Phil. Weird. Let's get really controversial right away. Before we even get into the ad read, which party is your favorite? I hate all parties besides the Libertarian Party. Which nobody ever votes for libertarians. So, <laughs> oh my God, you didn't get the joke. I don't know what the joke is. Democratic Party, Republican Party, Rugby Party. Ah, I missed it. You should have. You should have informed me you were doing that before. <laughs> I told you I had a real good, good thing for 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 that. Do you want to start over? Do you want to get rid of this? No. I'm Everyone good. knows you're a librarian. <laughs> I don't even know how to read. What are you talking about? No, it's John Schwarty who doesn't know how to read. I can read. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, that did get weird there because you didn't know. You didn't I know, know where I was I had going. no idea where you were going with that. Oh, man. But if you want something that's stable and consistent, I go to Rotor Epoxy. Wow, that was a great lead-in. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what you're going to get. With me, I'm unpredictable. I'm a wild card. You had no clue that that was a setup for a joke because there's like a T-shirt that says like, there's like check boxes and says, Democrat, Republican, rugby party. And then it's I've like, never oh. seen that shared. Oh my God, it's been shared so many times. What? I'll send it to you. Okay, perfect. It's not the best. But you know who is the best? Rotor Epoxy. Accurate. I see you moved all your stuff around your garage too, so you could uh, see more of my. Fun. Yeah. You can see more of my shitty floor. <laughs> yeah. Because I. Oh God, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, look at all that. It needs patched, it needs filled in. Uh, there's cracks everywhere, there's paint everywhere. I don't know what that is. Yeah, Rotor Epoxy, they come in here. They would take care of business. It would be easy to work with them. It would transform this space. It would make it look bigger. It'd be easier to clean. I just, I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I know. I feel the same way because I kind of need it done too. I need my floor done. You need your floor done. Everybody when, needs their floor done. Yeah, and when we get our floors done, we're going through Rotor Epoxy because, again, they're the easiest people to work with. They're fair. They're... They work hard. They do a great job. They, they're just, everything about them, great. And they, they started their own company, locally owned. Uh, they're brothers. I mean, that's the thing. You go with like some of these like bigger companies. Um, a lot of the times the employees don't give a shit. Like Rotor Epoxy, the guy who owns it is the guy who's doing the work. You know, his name is on it. And so uh, both their names because they're brothers. Two brothers. We're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Rotor Epoxy, make sure you hit them up. Uh, yeah. So, did you get out and vote today? I did. And you already know who I voted for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to keep moving on here. Something a little less controversial. Uh, we're going to start with senior side tonight. We have a jammed pack episode. We are, you know, getting into the playoffs uh, for college. We are in the near the end of playoffs for the senior side. So, with the senior side, 
there still was some conference play uh, for like the D1 men's Eastern Conference. Uh, Chicago Lions actually defeated the Chicago Griffins 41-31, but the Griffins already have a playoff spot locked up. So I don't know if they like did something with their roster differently. Said a few guys to give them a break. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Like they're already in that playoff. Uh, The Cleveland Crusaders beat Cincinnati 35-10. Pittsburgh Forge defeated the Detroit Tradesmen 41-29. And then in the Midwest D1 Men's Western Conference semifinal, because they have a different number of teams, East and West. So they had a little playoff. St. Louis Bombers, we knew Mm. coming into this. They're they're a wagon. Uh, They won 49-5 to over Metro. Metropolis. Then, so... That's going to leave St. Louis Bombers against the Chicago Griffins for that D1 Midwest Premier title. That'll be a great matchup. Uh, again, I think we were looking at early in the season, we thought the Chicago Lions and... The Bombers, probably. Yeah, and the Bombers, we we definitely believed in them. And I think, too, uh, the Tradesmen, we thought were going to do mm-hmm. really... I mean, they had a good season. Yeah, well, they did a pretty <clears throat> decent. But they just, yeah, they couldn't keep up the pace... So uh, the Griffins, Bombers, that'll be the D1 championship. For the women, Chicago Lions defeat Pittsburgh Forge 38-24. And then Metropolis Valkyries defeat Columbus Women's Rugby 41-7. Then in the men's D2 playoffs, so each one of these teams, remember men's D2 for Midwest was split into four conferences. Mm -hmm. So in the Eastern side, you had, actually, it's not even East and West. It's just the Chicago division against the Eastern division. Uh, Chicago Blaze defeated the Indianapolis Impalas 36-20. to 20. So they move on to that championship mm-hmm. match. Who will they face in that championship match? Well, you had the Wisconsin champion of Green Bay and then the North, Minnesota and Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, champion of the East Side Banshees. The Banshees win 31-20 to 20 over Green Bay. So, Chicago Blaze against the Eastside Banshees for your D2 Men's Midwest Championship. And that will be at the Chicago Blaze Field in Lamont, Illinois. Beautiful facility. Yeah, it's very cool. Yep, always love playing there, except for the fact it's always so cold. cold, And it's going to be cold this year again. (laughs) Weird. Oh, playing rugby in Chicago in November. I, I know we have a short season and like, Today in Iowa and tomorrow in Iowa, or like when people are listening to this in Iowa, it's 73 degrees out. Yeah. But then on Saturday, and we're going to get into that with Iowa State having their matches in Des Moines this Saturday, uh, high 30. of 29. Yeah, 29, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least it's not going to be snowing and raining as far as I know. Which we've played November rugby in the rain yeah. and in the snow in Wisconsin, in Chicago. It just, I don't know. When do I, you When do you split the season and say like, oh, like, Let's just push it to the spring. I still don't understand why they ever switched that because like five years ago, six years ago, it was regular season and then playoffs were in the spring. Yeah. I just, that made a lot of sense to me, but. I agree. I don't, I don't know. Because those teams, like we, we have buddies who play for Phoenix. We have buddies Mm -hmm. who play for Palm Beach. Beach. We have uh, Harry plays over in uh, one of the Carolinas. Like Mm -hmm. there's people all across the country. They start their their seasons like now and then they just play right up into playoffs they play through the winter because it's nice there we're like midwest we get screwed over like 
You have the season, come to a full stop. Take three months, build back up. That's hard to do. Yeah. You know, it's a disadvantage in the national level, but those guys on the West Coast, East Coast, and in the South are like, we don't give a shit. Yeah. It's your problem, not mine. <laughs> exactly. You chose to live there. So then uh, the D3 Midwest semifinals, the Cleveland Rovers, they fall to Detroit Rugby Club, 33-12 to Detroit. Oof. We knew Detroit. I, I think yeah. we both thought Detroit was going to win that yeah. one. And then uh, – the Chicago Riot Rugby defeats Eastside Banshees or the Eastside Whalers, the Banshees Whalers, yeah. D3 side. Uh, they win 40 to 26. So the D3 Midwest final will be the Detroit Rugby Club versus the Chicago Riot. Hmm. Prediction? Um, I'm thinking Chicago Riot. And I, I kind of hope so just because they were on our side of the bracket. <laughs> and it, I feel like it would just make us look slightly better. <laughs> I. You know, I don't know how far back people go into like, <laughs> well, they beat them, who beat them, who beat them. Yeah, these guys are pretty good because... Personal reasons, okay, Mr. Gray? Kevin Bacon, <laughs> six degrees of your team's not that bad. <laughs> no, I, I'm i going to take Detroit in this one just for the sake of having someone on each side. And also, I a Chicago Riot team is interesting because I know a few years ago when we played for Bremer... I feel like they popped up and they were kind of a newer club. Mm-hmm. Well, they now have a D3 and a D4 club, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know like they're building. It seems like from where they were last year to this year, it seems like they've grown like exponentially. But also this Detroit team, it I don't think they're affiliated with the tradesmen. So mm-hmm. this is interesting as well. You know, the Eastside Banshees. Multiple teams in the Minneapolis area. Mm. And they're also the second side of the Banshees, the Whalers team. Uh, Detroit Rugby Club. Well, there's the Detroit it's Tradesmen. Just general, like they got all, or all oh, you're talking about Detroit. Sorry. I th- yeah. thought I heard Chicago for a second. Like Chicago's got so many fucking teams. Yeah. I said Detroit. But yeah, my bad. <laughs> also, Chicago has a billion teams, it seems like. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, here's another one. So really interesting that. Oh, and then the Cleveland Rovers. Um, I don't know if they're associated with the Cleveland Crusaders, but like every single team that was in this semifinal, and then you know, even think of us, like cities are having more than one rugby club in the same city, uh, and they're having success. And I think mm-hmm. that is because like when you have a team across town, it pushes you to do a little more, yeah. pushes you to recruit. These are all big areas too, and they can show that hey, you can thrive with multiple clubs mm-hmm. in these metropolitan areas. And you don't have to drive four hours to get a match. You can drive across town. So that's that's cool to see. Yeah. Cool to see. Um, D4, in their playoffs, the Flint Rogues defeated Akron 24-12. And then Red River Rugby. That's a North Dakota team, ain't it? Yeah. Yep. They defeat Lincoln Park's D4 side 47-7. Yeah, their scores are usually... It seems like they put up a lot of points and give up very few. So... Yeah, I think D four. Yeah, I think when you get to that D four level, it's one of those things where it's like you're lucky at the D four level. Not saying in playoffs, but just in general, you're lucky to have fifteen guys. Yeah. D four. The thought is okay. These are new clubs or clubs that are kind of on life support, and we don't want them to travel very far. Problem is, there's so few teams at the D four level that these teams like Iowa Falls had to drive. So much farther than we had to drive. These teams who are D4, they had to play so many neutral site games because their competition was so far away. Yeah. So the idea behind it is, oh, 
lower level, dip your toe in, build a community, build a roster, learn the game, have fun, mm. and less travel. Well, when you only have so many clubs sprinkled throughout, and also you'll see teams like Lincoln Park. It's cool to see teams have like a developmental side. Yeah. I've always wanted that. Whatever club I've ever been on, I truly believe in those developmental sides. But, you know, if you're a grown man, it's kind of hard to be told like, hey, thanks for joining the club. You're on our developmental team. And it's like, ah, I'm 30. Like, <laughs> yeah. not much development left. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, I understand that's tough too. But um, yeah, that's, that's tough. Cause it's just like, yeah, making them travel that far just seems kind of counterintuitive. But but again, do you bump all the D4 teams yeah, to D3? Because then it's like if they get bumped to D3 and then, you know, they're losing a lot of matches. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they would necessarily, but it's like if they are getting their ass kicked in D3, like that's a good way to yeah, it's, kill a club too. How do you find that parody of like, okay, we want to put all these clubs in D3 so they travel less, but we also don't want teams to be winning by 100. Yeah. Also like when like teams like that North Dakota team, if they were to play D3, where would they play exactly? Because there's not really a ton of – I don't oh, think there's like hardly any rugby clubs in North probably Dakota. Be, or, it'd probably be Minnesota. Yeah, I guess that It would have sense. to be Minnesota. That's or, still a lot of driving. It's still a lot of driving. I mean, hmm. that league, that that D4 league was, you know, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Iowa. Yeah. So, I don't know. I – you know me. I just want to see more clubs pop up. And it's like, hey, when more clubs pop up, you drive less. I still think that there should be men's rugby in Ames. There should mm. be men's rugby in Altoona. Like all the Southeast Polk alumni. Make a 15s team. Just do it. Ames, a bunch of Iowa State guys. Yeah. How cool would that be if there was four teams in basically Polk County and Story County. Basically all within 45 minutes of each other. That's the max. 30 minutes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Probably more like 30. That would be so cool. And like how much we would develop if we just saw, hey, half your matches are basically home matches or even more than that. That would be cool. That would be awesome. That would take a lot of work though. Yeah, but it's pretty doable, I think. The numbers keep growing in the high school league. Those people need somewhere to go. Bump that 10% number of players continue to play after college, bump that up to maybe 25%. Get it exponentially, and then guys like you and me never retire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a, that's the thing, too. Oh, did you see um guy from Iowa City got their, their, their wacky banana award? I don't know. They post something where a guy wears a banana suit after the match. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to say his name wrong, but Aiden is Winos. What? Oh, I think I saw the post about it. He's retiring. He's only like 28 years old or something. Uh, He's retiring. Sad. So shout out to him. The duck retired. Man. Yeah. I kind of hate to see it, but at the same time, I understand. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But shout out to him. Yeah, they made a little post about it. Go to the Iowa City Ducks Facebook page. Smash that like button and give him a shout out. Say, hey, yeah. congrats, man. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> uh, speaking of Iowa City, though. Uh, moving on from the senior side, so congrats to all the teams on the playoffs moving forward on the senior side, men's and women's. Uh, but talking about Iowa City, I want to get into the women's Division One National Collegiate Rugby, yeah. basically Elite Eight. Uh, there's a couple of play-in games coming up. But then, yeah, we're going to go over this bracket. The road to Houston, the 15s National Championship for women's D1 in the NCR, National Collegiate Rugby. Uh, Iowa 
is one of those teams. And I want to talk to the head coach of the University of Iowa women's program because they're doing awesome things. They have a first-round matchup against Colgate, and that's going to be in Reading, Pennsylvania, in a couple of weekends. So, yeah, I think we should uh, give Kathleen a call here. Yeah, let's get a hold of her. All right, and now we are here with the head coach of the University of Iowa women's rugby team, Kathleen O'Neill. Kathleen, how are you doing tonight? Great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. And you just finished practice with the girls. Uh, how did practice go tonight? It was it was a, a pretty intense practice coming off uh, the win over Notre Dame this week and getting ready for nationals, but uh, also a little fun. So uh, we had a good time, but definitely uh, – Definitely a long two hours of, of drills and games. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, like you said, that was a huge victory over Notre Dame. A lot on the line. Uh, your girls defeated Notre Dame by, was it one point? It was by one try and a conversion. One so try. Okay. 43 to 38 was the final score. Gotcha. Gotcha. One, one. I knew it was close. I knew it was one score. I like seeing that and also knowing the playoff implications because now Notre Dame is officially knocked out of contention for the playoffs. Uh, and so I- actually third place got to gets to go to a play in this weekend in St. Charles, Missouri against Iowa state. So they were playing. If they beat us, they could get the two, the number two seed and get an automatic bid. But if they lost, they were up for uh, the number three seed. Now, of course, there were three teams in the Big Ten that ended up tying mm-hmm. uh, at three and three. So Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Indiana. And uh, I think Notre Dame, it came down to points. Um, and so because head-to-head, each of them had beat each other wow. um, once. So uh, it came down to points. And Notre Dame did come up on top. However, uh, I think what's going to happen now is Iowa State is actually going to end up playing Michigan State because yep. Notre Dame uh, got a little beat up uh at iowa apparently and so uh (laughs) they weren't able to travel down and continue on with postseason play so uh iowa state will take on michigan state this this weekend did not know that was the reason why michigan state was getting a play-in opportunity yeah and i was actually wondering about that because as i looked at it like looking at that match you know it was like number two versus number three this is for the two and three seed you know and then i saw michigan state iowa state you your team literally knocked Notre Dame out. And like, you know, all jokes aside, I mean, you never want to see like injuries or like a season ended because of that. But I mean, that just seems like the, you know, the style of play. I mean, your team plays a tough style. Um, also having to be on the road, that probably felt nice to have that home match uh, to give you that that boost there as well. Can you tell us about how that game against Notre Dame went? And, you know, who are some people that really stood out in that match? Sure. Um, You know, the Big Ten is a tough conference and Mm -hmm. every game we played was tough. And so this was no exception. Notre Dame, Chago is an amazing coach and he brought his girls ready to beat us. We beat them at Notre Dame last year in 15s. And so I think there was a little bit of, you know, they wanted to get us on our ground, but uh, we were able to go inside because of the weather and that was nice. and we're used to that, right? We have that a little bit of an advantage in that we can, we're used to playing on turf from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, we started off well. We scored uh, within the first couple minutes of the game. Uh, Squirrel Langlois just ran it down, scored, 
we got excited and then a lot of penalties very uh very iowa heavy on the penalties this uh the first half and notre dame took advantage of it Mm. and so i think we got into our heads a little bit and that's something we always continue to work on is how do we recover when you make that one mistake Mm. you make that next mistake and they score um there there weren't you know there were just these little things that just kept eating at us in that first half and then Kind of towards the end of the first half, um, our number eight, Sophia Karthik, she, this is her second year playing. She is just a beast at the eight. She was born to be a number eight. <laughs> and uh, she's amazing at that role. And so she got that ball and just kind of barreled through and and scored that try. But, you know, we were down 31-12 at the half. And so wow. at halftime, we, yeah, it was, it was rough because, you know, the penalty after penalty after penalty it was you know in the girls' head they were letting them get by and then all of a sudden we took that 10 minutes at halftime and really took a look at like what do we need to change and then we came back scored three unanswered tries and tied the game at 31 um so we had um three tries and two conversions that scored us up 31 all uh erica Kulabali, my fullback number 15 she made all three of those but it's not just Erica, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she gets those final breakaways because our back line was so on top of it, just getting that ball out, swinging the ball, looping, supporting each other. And so Erica was able to get through there. Um, one of the tries, actually, um, Keisha, Moton Tyler, she ended up going almost all the way down. She made the breakaway, but they caught her right about five meters before the try. Oh. But Erica was right there on the support, passed it off perfect in and so then we were kind of like it's tied 31 all all right they scored again so then they were up by a try and a conversion so then we were we were kind of trapped down in our own uh our own try zone area and we couldn't get out but finally another breakaway erica ran about 90 meters and yeah and then tied it up for us so now we're thinking okay there's a couple minutes left we're going to go into overtime we don't really want to go into overtime (laughs) because you know 80 minutes is enough right (laughs) so but and it was amazing thus fans everyone on the sidelines they're like on their toes like screaming and um and the whole team just really kept punching it down the field and punching it down the field so they kicked off to us we were just punching it down punching it down got a little bit of a breakaway but then we got stopped and and again just kind of right at the try line we we couldn't quite get it in until we did and then we went up 43 38 and kicked the conversion made it and game was over shortly after that i think we ended up getting the ball kicked back to us and then uh, a couple minutes later or so we kicked it out of bounds and game was over so it was uh i think my heart was pounding at about <laughs> seven o'clock that night and we the game got over at about 10 30 a.m so uh it was definitely one for the books and notre dame they did not give up once uh, but neither did iowa and so it was just kind of that battle till the end Mm-hmm. And that's, it seems like too, just the style of the big 10, it didn't seem like there was any matches where there's these massive blowouts. It was like every single match seemed like it was a dog fight. I mean, your match with Miss Michigan was a close one. Uh, I think against Indiana, you guys were down at halftime and then came charging back. I mean, you have to play a full 80 minutes in this league. Uh, otherwise your opponent will make the most of it. And it just sounds like, you know, your team did that and they rose to the occasion um 
What can you say about Colgate? Have you begun looking at their film or what do you, what do you know about their program as you head into this uh, elite eight matchup? So not don't know a lot yet about them, but we've started to watch some game film. And what I see is they uh, what the coaches and I have been talking about is they love to spread the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they put a couple pods on each side of the field and then kind of give their back line almost. I don't know if they run a one, three, three, one or not, um, but they definitely spread the field. And so they're going to try and kind of spread us apart to beat us that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's they, their fly half has a great pass. Um, their scrum half has a great pass. So those are some things that as we go into that um, game, we're going to really focus on in practice over the next, uh, well, we only have two, two more practices before we go uh, head off to Pennsylvania. So uh, those are the things we'll start getting kind of working into the nitty gritty. And, you know, right now we're tweaking up our own play. Mm -hmm. Then we'll start looking at what we can do to uh, really combat their offense. Yeah. And that's something I feel like I hear from coaches a lot is, you know, obviously you want to know kind of what that other team is doing, but first and foremost, you got to make sure your game plan for your oh, yeah. team is is up to speed and and your girls are running the system running it the way you want it to be run and and sometimes too it's just other teams have to adjust to you and and so I think that's something that's always interesting when you get to these playoffs I mean uh the Big 10 you know these teams you know these coaches you know these players year in year out you see them and then now you play a team like Colgate only time I've seen them is their name pops up in the top 10 in the rankings and it's like yeah. I know I know nothing about this other than it's a small school and uh, they're good at rugby this year, you know? So uh, it's cool to see these, just the the clashes of styles. Um, and like you said too, they just play a different style with the, the two pods and then their fly half scrum half kind of spreading it wide. Uh, it'll be interesting to see them match up against a, a physical squad like yours and with a backline that sounds like it's really performing at a high level right now. Um, yeah. And so, who would you say, too, uh, are some players you're looking to step up in this match uh, for the Hawkeyes? I'd say, you know, our flankers um, have really been doing a lot of good work uh, throughout the season. And we have a freshman, uh, Kiana Shevling major She's, you know, never played rugby before, came in. She's kind of got that football wrestling background. Nice. She was a high school wrestler, like... I think she won some awards wrestling, in fact, um, which is great. We love to see that contact um, oh, sports yeah. in high school because it translates pretty well. I learned to the rugby pitch and she has just been every single game. She has upped her level of play. And so her and Amaria McGowan on our two flanks, um, I think they're going to be big, um, big players for us, especially in this first game. Um, Sophia Karthik that I mentioned at the eight. So those loose forwards are all going to be big. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, uh, Erica Kulabali, she scored five of our seven tries um, against Notre Dame and she has scored I'd say at least four more tries every single game. So she will be a big difference maker. Um, And Alia Springer, she's a junior, um, started playing last year. She has a kick. Um, We made, let's see, what, one, two, three, four, four out of our uh, six um, conversions. So, and a couple were super close. We were mm-hmm. kind of playing in a modified uh, upright situation on the inside. <laughs> it might have been one of them might have been good out on the rugby pitch, but um, 
you know, you just got to play with what you got. But right, I think those those folks are really going to be game changers. And uh, but they only do it because of the rest of the team, like clicking, really working well t- with each other. Right. Like you said earlier, you know, your your player who had all those tries, it was, it was the, the benefactor of like the team was doing their job and she was there to finish it. You know, it's because mm-hmm. those 14 other players put her in a spot to to end those or, you know. Uh, to make that happen. And, you know, as we look at this bracket, there's a, there's a sense of pride for us of like seeing all these Iowa teams, you know, Iowa States in that play in match, Northern Iowa is going to play Southern Nazarene. You're playing against Colgate, you know, potentially we could see three teams from Iowa in that final four. I mean, we could see three teams in the elite eight. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So what, what would you say this means um, for you and for women's rugby in Iowa to see those other teams? Or is that something you even think about? Or um, do you think it could have an impact on our high school game? Just what are your thoughts on that? And, and just the attention, I think, nationally, too, that when people see this bracket, it's like Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa. Like, what's going on there? Uh, do you feel that? And what are your thoughts around that? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, I'm so excited. There's nothing that would be cooler in my mind is if two Iowa teams were playing in the finals in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so, and of course I'm a little biased there because I'm, on, I'm the only Iowa team in the one bracket. Yes. So hopefully, <laughs> I mean, the other two, like one of them, like let's get two of us down to Houston and let's travel uh, 17 hours to play each other again. <laughs> so, uh, you know, sometimes that's kind of like, Oh, we got to pay all this money just to play our sister schools. But yep. you know what, in this case, I'm okay with it because (laughs) it is an amazing opportunity and it's great for recruiting and it's great for, um, you know, growing our programs. Since we've started playing in the CRCs, uh, CRC sevens for NCR the last couple of years, we've started seeing more recruits, high school recruits come in Mm -hmm. uh, to the program and even just having a little bit of, experience in rugby makes a huge difference at the collegiate level because most of the girls don't. Um, I have about 40 to 44 girls on the roster ish, depending on the day um, of who shows up, but nine of those have high school experience and seven of them are Mm -hmm. from Iowa. And so what we're seeing is the better we're doing on a national level, the more um, these girls are seeing that, hey, this is something I can do when I go off to college. This is something that I can still be involved in a sport, have a team. You know, right now, none of us are varsity level. We're mm-hmm. all club sports. You know, hope I think all of us have this goal that maybe we can change that in the future. We saw wrestling brought up in Iowa mm-hmm. as a varsity sport. We would love to see rugby um, brought up to that next level. Um, but right now, we're going to play our game and we're going to have fun and we're going to compete. We're going to travel the entire United States. Um, we're looking at during sevens going out to LA. So we're literally oh. going to go coast to coast, um, LA to Pennsylvania and hopefully down to Houston. And girls get to see that they get an opportunity to travel, to be with a team, to do some really cool things, um, in the sport of rugby. And so I think, 
hopefully we can have a symbiotic relationship with high school rugby mm -hmm. in that as collegiate rugby grows, then high school can grow and get that recognition at the Iowa State high school level. Mm -hmm. And then again, it bleeds over into like kind of a varsity because you're seeing that in wrestling right now oh, yeah. that as Iowa brings on women's wrestling at the varsity level, you're seeing more and more um, recognition for high school women's wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of our dream and our goal for for rugby. I think Nira's got almost 30 women's teams that are playing at the varsity level now, and we need 10 more to get the NCAA you know, potential status mm -hmm. for NCAA to look at us. And so every single one of our teams are out there helping try to make this happen because we all know it's a wonderful sport. It's Def a great sport. Definitely. And, and you were talking too about the growth of high school rugby. Could we see a high school girls rugby team in Iowa City maybe coached by some current or <laughs> former players? Is that something in the works we could see? Uh, it's not currently in the works. You know, I try, you know, every coach has a lot of dreams yes. about um, <laughs> yeah. feeders and, you know, and down in Tennessee, I was um, coaching middle school and high school boys and then, and the Nashville women. And so we had those feeders. And so mm -hmm. middle school to high school, to collegiate, to women's. And so it was really amazing to see. And so, yes, would I love to have that happen in Iowa city? Do I have the time to work my full-time <laughs> yeah. job, coach the women and try to help get a uh, high school team up? Probably not. But it is part of the, you know, growth path of women's collegiate rugby. Right now, my two mm -hmm. assistant coaches um, were players on the team and were amazing players. And so we're bringing those players as they lose collegiate eligibility mm. back into the system. They want to be refs. They want to be assistant oh, coaches who can go out and start coaching high school, start, start those teams and kind of help. We did a youth rugby event in the summer here in Iowa City just for the city um, just to nice. get some kids used to it and so little baby steps on that one yes. and so yes big <laughs> dreams but nothing in action yeah it's super easy for me and Phil to sit here in my garage and be like oh hey just start a high school team like hey why why don't you you know but totally understand that where it's like yeah you you have a full-time job you have so many other commitments and this is almost a call to action to anybody in the Iowa City area help the Iowa women's program by starting a high school team and create that pathway, that feeder, um, it all feeds into itself, you know? And I think, like you said, we're, we're seeing that as the college programs are getting better, more high school girls are playing as the high school programs get better, higher quality skills are being brought into college. Like it just, it all feeds itself. And I think we're seeing, uh, the benefits of that. And I, and it still seems fairly young. Like there's a lot of progress that can still be made. And, uh, the University of Iowa is a big part of that. So we just want to say congrats on a great regular season and and good luck uh, against Colgate. We will be watching and rooting for well, Iowa. I was just going to say, speak, speaking of watching, though, is there going to be a streaming option to watch the match? Or like, are they going to happen on anything? Or is it just going to be a Facebook Live deal? Do we know? I have not heard yet. Um, I haven't got all the details um, but I'm hoping that there will be. I know um, NCR has done a great job in the past mm -hmm. with CRC sevens, um, getting that televised, whether it's on um, like the MLR network or um, or something. So I hope so. I hope you all can watch yeah. and cheer us on yeah. from back here. Uh, cheer on you and I. Cheer on Iowa State and Iowa because 
we definitely want to show the entire United States that Iowa is the place to go if you want to play rugby. Definitely. Yeah. And if you, and if there's not like a streaming option, if there is like a, a parent or someone who's going to do a Facebook live, uh, we'll share that link on our B side boys, like Facebook and social media, just to try to get that out there. If, if that's an option too. So we'll be, we'll be keeping our eyes open for that. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you for joining us tonight. And like I said, good luck this weekend. And we'll be rooting for you guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. All right. And that was Kathleen O'Neill, the uh, head coach for the Iowa women's rugby team. That was, she did a great job running down the game. I really could, like, when she was telling about that Notre Dame game, I almost <laughs> felt like I was there. Like, my heart was starting to pump a little bit because it was just so exciting. <laughs> I, I knew how the game ended. I knew they won, but yeah. I was nervous it was going to change. Like, yeah, the way I was, like, on the edge of my seat there, and it was it was just really cool to hear. And you can hear, like, the passion. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that, too. She's just, she is very passionate about the mm-hmm. team. And, like, she was just, she's very good at going into a lot of, like, really intricate details. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. And I think that is why also we're seeing like, you know, just a few years ago, Iowa women's rugby, did they, they didn't really even exist, you know, like they were, they were pretty under the radar. Yeah. And like, she has done so well in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. to really build that community. And these girls have bought in. And the fact you have 40 some players on your team and you're in the top 10. Um, the rankings change all the time. I can't keep up. I know the ranking thing is a little confusing to me, but yeah. I saw I saw some people talking, maybe arguing, not arguing, but like just banter, just some banter yeah. about the rankings because Northern Iowa beat Iowa State, but Iowa State jumped you and I in the rankings yeah. during this past week, whatever. And people are like, interesting, and you know they're talking about it. And my thought is the NCR has no clue who's actually better than who once you get into the top 10. Yeah. All they know is like, well, Notre Dame College and Michigan are both like undefeated and they've been whooping mm-hmm. up on people. Um and like but everyone's like playing really close. Mm-hmm. I feel like they just shuffle them around a little bit yeah, to drive. <laughs> well, and then to drive user engagement. I could see that. Because the one that bothered me the most was them basically flip-flopping uh, Michigan and Notre Dame College. That one, like, bothered me, like, weirdly. Because Notre Dame College, like, that week, their opponent, they beat them, like, 63-0. to zero, But then they move up a spot. That was in the their conference final against Pitt. Yeah. I'm like, against Pittsburgh. No they won their conference final. And the thing is, too, like, Notre Dame College does have a victory over Northern Iowa. Even though it was, like, a friendly, yeah. you know. But it still happened. And, like, it it was a wider margin than like Michigan over Iowa. And like, I, I don't know. It, it just, it's, re- it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. And so that's the thing you can't, that's why you play the game, right? You don't mm-hmm. just do it on paper. Um, and we'll get into a game later that kind of has that mentality behind it, but that's why you play the game. You can't mm-hmm. just go off of comparing scores, but it really does feel like, Hey, if we flip flop these teams, like again, you and I is undefeated. Iowa State's only lost to you and I. Iowa State jumps you and I. Mm. People are kind of like, why? What happened? And not because they're mad, but just because it's like, we want consistency and we want to know what makes the stuff move, what happens. Um, So it drives user engagement. The more you comment, even if it's... Barstool Sports is really good at this. Do you follow them on Instagram at all? Yeah, I do. Do you ever notice they have like this female podcast 
where these and, two girls and, always yeah. talk about sex. And then they always have like a shit ton of comments like, what, like this is really interesting sports, blah, blah, blah. Like people just bitching about yeah. it. Or like it'll be like these two girls having a conversation. The The one I saw the other day was like, oh, if a guy's wearing boxers, he's an idiot and he doesn't know how to dress himself and I would never sleep with him. And I'm like, you go, girl. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I did watch the whole thing and I'm like sitting there. Like, Why am I watching this? Like, what is happening? I go to the comments, comments and, yeah. and someone, the top comment was, this is the dislike button. And it had 7,000 likes like the comment was this so seven thousand people hated it that's seven thousand engagements the next comment take out the sports this is trash i'm not gonna follow this another five thousand or something like yeah yeah and then the next one was like joe mixon had five touchdowns on the day and justin fields uh rushed for uh a record break 80 some yards yeah record breaking this is great insight into those two games and like all these people bitching 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 but guess what? Those are their most popular posts are their most unpopular posts because people engage with it. Yeah. Granted, I don't think it's as malicious. I don't think the NCR is like, Ooh, we're going to yeah. have all this. No, I, I <laughs> yeah. imagine they don't do that. But I mean, you never know. <laughs> they could be something like, watch this. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but no. And the thing is, do these rankings even really matter right now? Not really, because guess what? Here's the bracket. Hmm. Let's get to the bracket. In the first round, so they have the Elite Eight, but there's 10 teams in it. So on the top left, Michigan is the auto bid. Yeah. They are going to play the winner of the Michigan State-Iowa State matchup. So Iowa State finished number two in the Midwest, and then Michigan State finished fourth. They tied with Notre Dame. Notre Dame had too many injuries, so they backed out. So Michigan State-Iowa State winner plays Michigan. In the next one, and this is in Forest Park, St. Louis, Northern Iowa plays Southern Nazarene. So those are both conference mm-hmm. champions. They will play each other in that one. So mm-hmm. the winner of the Michigan State-Iowa State game plays Michigan. The winner of that game plays the winner of Northern Iowa-Southern Nazarene. My prediction, Iowa State-Northern Iowa rematch. Dude, I hope so. I just I, I think it's I think it's definitely doable. Southern Nazarene is a is a is a strong school that's kind of come up out of nowhere. They're building them up. They have school support, but I just, I believe in Northern Iowa. It's a well-coached team. They're mm. deep. They have, they, they just. Great athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Very athletes. Is that great athletes? Oh, I think it's a very. It's <laughs> <laughs> a guy kind of mumbled a little bit. Yeah. And then I know Michigan is good, but I just feel like Iowa State has grit. Yeah. They, like, they, like, as much as, like, a joke as, like, saying, like, oh, this team wants it more. Mm. I truly believe Iowa State is going to claw fight and do whatever within the laws of rugby. <laughs> of course. They're going to fight for the full 80 minutes. I think they defeat Michigan. Mm. There's a lot of bias there, but I just I really do. Michigan and Iowa had a close match. I want to see Iowa State and Northern Iowa play against Iowa because I don't know how to rank them because there's no yeah. crossover. It sucks that Northern Iowa and Iowa State are on the same side of the bracket. I know. I hate it. It would have been cool to have Iowa on a side with one of them so we could see, like, how do they match up? Mm. So then we go into the East regions. Notre Dame College, who is our number one, I, I, I would rank them number one yeah. over Michigan. They will play the winner of Kent State versus Clemson. Clemson is a team that Northern Iowa played in the CRCs. 
Uh, Kent State, fun fact, they have a girl from Roosevelt on their team, Sophia Macro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Kent State, that's another good um, Midwest team. They're not in the Midwest Conference, but uh, they're a team that Iowa State has run into in the playoffs multiple times. So I think Kent State will beat Clemson. And I think Notre Dame will Notre Dame College, the Falcons. I think they'll come out on top. Whoever wins that Kent State oh, yeah. Clemson match, and then the last match, Colgate versus Iowa. I think Iowa wins because I'm biased and I know nothing about Colgate. I, yeah, I really I, don't. I I know I've never. I would think of toothpaste when I hear the what? school. I, <laughs> I was like, is that how you say it? Is Colgate? I don't know. I When we were interviewing Kathleen and I'm like, uh, you know, tell me about Colgate. I don't know anything about them. And I almost made the joke. What are they, a toothpaste or something? I'm glad I didn't say that to her, though. <laughs> what are you, a toothpaste? So, yeah, it, it's going to be good rugby. And we hope there's streaming. If there is streaming... Yeah, I- I was just looking at the time. So, like, you can catch Northern Iowa playing at noon for their match. And then the Iowa State against Michigan State, it looks like they're supposed to be playing at 2 p.m. Okay. And then we can watch Iowa play at 6 p.m. against Colgate. If they have streaming. If they have streaming. And if they do have streaming, we will try to share that out as soon as possible. I'm really banking. Like, I'm just – I really hope Peacock has it for some reason. I think that'd be awesome. And they do do some collegiate stuff, so. But I think the NCR has been working with the Rugby Network. And I have a Rugby Network, too, so I could live with that, too. Yeah. I mean, as long as we can watch it, that'd yeah. be cool. That would be the most ideal thing. At the same time, though, in Des Moines, Iowa, we have the Heart of America conference tournament that's going to be taking place. So the Heart of America, now we're in the men's side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Iowa State, the number one seed of the North against Arkansas, the two-seed of the South. The one-seed of the South, Kansas, will take on Minnesota, the two-seed of the North. And then they have um, the three-seeds from North and South. Iowa plays Kansas State. And then the four-seeds, Nebraska will play Missouri. Hmm. And then they also have uh, a B-side championship as well. Yeah, that's cool. Which will be, that'll be really cool. Missouri versus Iowa State uh, will be that championship. I like this because they bring everyone in. So that's the thing, too. Let's say, you know, Nebraska, Missouri, both those schools probably knew a couple weeks into the season, probably not going to win the championship. Mm. But they still have something to compete for. Like, there is a sense of pride of, like, my half of the conference is harder than your half of the conference. There's no crossover from north to south during the season. Mm. But right now, we will get to see who is better. Is the North stronger than the South? You know, so we're going to hear from Alex Geisert, one of their players. Uh, He talks us through kind of the process and the fact that the actual conference championship isn't going to be this Sunday. Yeah, that's wild. So, well, I don't want to spoil that, but, you know, I will say he did make a mention of... uh, I'll I'll save it for after the interview. I don't want to spoil anything. Let's just jump into it. Yeah, we better just go right in. You know, let's go into it. Let's hear from Alex. Boop, 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 boop. All right. And now we are here with Alex Geisert from the Iowa State University men's rugby team. Alex, how you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing good. well. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, oh, Iowa State is having a, a great season this year. We've been following along, talking to a few different guys on the team. Ant Frying, 
but this weekend is kind of where everything comes to uh, that major tipping point you've been working for all season. You have the Heart of America <laughs> crossover tournament. Can you talk to us a little bit about what this is and what it means for your club? Uh, so basically how we see it is, uh, you know, we battle all season to kind of see who's better of the two sides and fight our way into this tournament, which is really uh, just to kind of pit the North and the South against each other um, and fight, really fight for like all of the heart of America. And it, it's really what, like when we set our goals at the beginning of the season, this is what we set them for. You know, we love to say like, we'll get this much better each week or beat this team, beat the next team. But really our goals are to make it to the heart, make it to the top four of the heart, like play our best game of the heart and hopefully like take that one spot in the heart of America. Definitely. And so the first matchup is Iowa state against Arkansas, the Razorbacks. Yep. They are the number two in the South. You're the number one in the North. Uh, if yep. you win that match, is there a championship match on Sunday? There's not a championship match anymore on Sunday uh, for player safety reasons. I know that a lot of teams uh, recently and in these past couple of weeks have gotten real banged up and uh, <clears throat> they're really pushing towards having just the semifinals this week and we'll pick it back up in the first week of the spring to kind of wrap things up right before nationals. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really like that. That gives you guys a chance yeah. to rest, recover, prepare, uh, maybe yep. get some of those younger guys that you've seen in the lineup, kind of fine-tune them a little bit. I mean, granted, we're just going to assume here that you guys are going to beat Arkansas and Kansas is going to win theirs, and um, you shouldn't look ahead, but we'll look ahead for you. Um, <laughs> you know, Kansas is a really good club, so giving yeah. them that much time to prepare, it's kind of like a little scary, but like that, you guys get that much time to prepare too. I like that just – you really get to see, okay, who's the better club at full strength. Exactly. You don't want to go into it like, oh, we beat a down squad. Are we really better? Um, that's exactly. cool. Yeah. Is that kind of the vibe that all the Iowa State guys are feeling too? Like, hey, win this one and keep it roll. And like, it preps you for nationals too. I mean, you get this yeah. win and then, yeah, you roll into it. There's a, there's a lot of really, really mixed signals between it because to that point, uh, we are a, a little mad because we feel like, you know, currently – um, our squad is, is really set and really healthy. So it's a bit frustrating to hear, but at mm. the same time, we also agree. We don't want, we don't want to like be the best team because every other team was hurt. We want to be the best team because we're the best team. So it's a lot of, of, of mixed signals between like, we're frustrated, but we're excited because, you know, we want to play the best competition. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. So I could definitely see where that'd be a little frustrating because you guys are very deep and you have a ton of yeah. talent. And I mean, it, it sounds like you guys, I've stayed fairly healthy throughout the entire season. I was really hoping that there was going to be a Sunday match or something, but that's the way it goes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so Saturday too, looking at the forecast, want to get your opinion Ooh. on this being <laughs> a, uh, you know, Ant told me you've played some front row, you play some second row. You're kind of a versatile uh, pack player, tight five yeah. player. And in high school, you played some, some loose forward too. I think yeah. Ant was telling me. So, you know, those are the tough guys. They grind it out. Sleeves or no sleeves? Where do you stand on that? Uh, I mean, I've played quite a long time. And I've played in a lot of different spots. And I'm not a fan of sleeves at all. I won't I won't wear sleeves at any time. What about leg tights or oh, the God, leggings? No, absolutely not. Uh, I've played in a couple of tournaments in snow. And the rule on those teams was, was never 
never allowed to wear anything. So I, I don't really don't like it. I really don't do it. I mean, you got to think this gives Iowa State a huge advantage against Arkansas. They're going to come up here. Yeah. They probably haven't seen temperatures below 55 oh, yeah. in uh-huh. over 12 months. So, I mean, advantage you guys just in the elements. I mean, and this kind of feels like a home match. Do you guys feel like it's going to be packed with people you know and kind of, you know, have that 16th man in the field or in the, like, in the crowd cheering you on? We really, really hope so, but. We also kind of understand how many people are going to want to sit outside. <laughs> Luckily, Des Moines got good facilities to to sit inside and warm up for a little bit. And uh, yeah, we really hope so. We've been promoting it quite a bit. I know that a lot of people's families are coming in, but a lot of these other teams also travel really, really, really well. Mm. And Minnesota's not too far away, and KU has a huge fan supporting that loves to follow them around. So I expect there to be quite a few people there, just in general. Yeah, and like you said, the facility there, great clubhouse. Mm. Two fields, yep. matches all day long between, you know, eight different teams. And then you also have uh, the second sides competing as well. I mean, I, I imagine if it is chilly, there's going to be enough people side by side, oh, shoulder yeah. to shoulder, a lot oh, of yeah. body heat. For like sure. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a really cool event. Just wish it was about 20 degrees warmer, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, still, yeah. like you said, it's it's going to be cool. They have the facilities out there. Um, but yeah, Arkansas, what? What are you guys looking for with Arkansas? Because, again, there's no real crossover unless, you know, people aren't really playing that many non-conference matches. Mm-hmm. You look at last year's kind of matchups, but the teams are completely different. What's What are you looking for this weekend from Arkansas? Where do you think you're going to get an edge on these guys? Um, well, <clears throat> without trying to say too much i guess we, yeah uh, we'll block this so arkansas people can't listen i mean they, oh, sweet, they won't sweet. find it <laughs> uh they're what we've noticed is their offensive structure plays really really well into our defensive strengths so we're really looking to capitalize on uh kind of letting them retain ball and give it to us in time and just play really really aggressive defense really try to stay out of our half and just let them make their own mistakes. Um, offensively, you know, we have a lot of really strong runners, and what we've been doing has been working, obviously, so we're kind of just going to stick to what we know and play it out. There's no reason to change it if, uh, if it's not broken. Definitely, and that patience really kind of pisses off another team when mm-hmm. you're just yeah. like, you know, do what you want, but you're not going to break through, and then the turnovers start to happen, and then you kind of feel an avalanche if, if it holds tight things can really swing in that second half if you really just kind of defeat them, you know, uh, morally and just they give or they lose their will to play. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, we see it. Oh yeah. And I feel like that's definitely like, Ant. he does his research. He does his film study. He's going to have you guys prepped and ready to go. And we've gotten many of many of messages. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally. Oh yeah. And also too, looking at the lineup, you know, you had a prop on the roster, Brandon Carnes, who was drafted, and now you're playing that prop position. How has that been stepping in and and filling into that role? And and like we said earlier, you played in some high level uh, competitions in high school. Um, Is there a future past Iowa State that you're looking kind of follow the same path that uh, Brandon Carnes did? And what do what are your thoughts on that? I mean, if if it ever came to that, uh, there was like a an outreach or you know a want for me to be there, I would for sure take it up. Um, I wouldn't mind giving it a run, but 
at the end of the day, like <clears throat> if Iowa State was where it ended, it's a good place to end, and I, I really wouldn't be all that heartbroken about it. Um, that's it's a high level. It's a lot more intense than I think a lot of people see just from the progression of rugby. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just a huge huge dedication that um, is just something I don't know if I would be all for. Gotcha. Well, there is a club in the Des Moines area that practices once a week. If you don't want to dedicate that much time, West Des Moines Wombats are always looking for guys. Uh, we'll give you a business card later. It's cool. Um, <laughs> we, and all kidding aside, we made that joke with Ant too with um, the alumni weekend Iowa State had uh, oh, yeah, yeah. and the Hall of Fame ceremony. And we told Ant oh, like, yeah. "Hey, send us a few guys. You know, there's got to be guys who still want to play. Um, Phil and I, we still play and." You know, it's it's fun. It keeps us social, keeps us in the game, and definitely a, a much lower level than what you were just talking about there. But it's fun, and it's still competitive. Yeah. So how was uh, the, the very first ever Hall of Fame ceremony for Iowa State? Looked like everyone was dressed up, having a good time. Uh, what was that like? It actually was uh, <clears throat> just really fun. It was really, really, really cool to you know, be with the group of guys that I play with now. <clears throat> And know that the, like the camaraderie I have with them, but also to be with the guys who played, you know, 10, 20, even 30 years ago and see the same camaraderie that they have with their teammates. And it's just really cool to ex- be able to experience that through all of the different years of like us playing the same game uh, at the same place. And it was just, yeah, it was really cool to see. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, I've been dying to know too, like how the alumni game went and if Ant Brian got in there and played. Ant actually played pretty freaking well. They, uh, the alumni won. <clears throat> they had a super stacked back line of people who graduated last year. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was a good, that was a good time as well. That's always a super fun time. Just a fun atmosphere to be in. Definitely. And it wasn't like you guys had great weather uh, last weekend either. I feel like this whole <laughs> fall has been great. And then last yeah. weekend, downpour. This weekend is the coldest weekend. Uh, what was one of the best stories you heard? One story you heard from an old boy that kind of, I don't know, just was fun or something you can share that's appropriate, I guess. Uh, one thing from alumni weekend you can share with us. I think that one of my favorite stories or just things that happened in general was one of the old coaches, Malcolm came up and he was talking about all the, all the conditioning he, he talked about how that they used to do and he was like going through it breaking it down step by step and every single one of our players was looking over at Ant, just begging him not to take notes <laughs> <laughs> <It was> brutal <laughs> we're like please don't make us do that well if he's gonna make you guys do any crazy conditioning ant has to do it too that's the rule <laughs> that's why i got out of coaching like <laughs> oh man no alumni weekends those are always fun and yeah like i said i saw those pictures look like a blast look like a good celebration uh, a lot of old boys there and yeah, the thing is time. things are things are really high right now at iowa state oh, i mean yeah. the way you boys are playing i mean the last three five years being on the national stage um always being in that conversation for a conference title uh, getting in the door for for nationals, the women's team is doing great too. Uh, things are high right now for mm-hmm. Iowa State rugby. Uh, last thing here, make a pitch to any high school kid listening why they should pick Iowa State for their adventure. I just think that if anybody is out there that 
is, you know, seriously considering or even not considering, because I know plenty of people that, that don't think they want to play college rugby at all, but Iowa State just has not only the best team atmosphere, but just like just the best rugby atmosphere. Like you come and like you said, it's a high, ser- like a high level, serious program that, that gets shit done. But at the same time, we're not afraid to have fun with each other and be relaxed and uh, just really just have fun. Like that's what we do is we come out and we have fun and that leads to us winning games. And I think it's what keeps the spirit and the team alive so well. 100% man. I I think as we interview multiple people throughout this past year, that's the number one thing. It's like you got to have that community. You got to have that environment where yeah. it's like the team culture. There's yep. so many other things you could be doing in college right now, but the fact that this is where you want to be and it tracks similar like-minded people and you guys create this little family, that's the most successful teams have the best culture, like without a doubt and uh, you know, these former players and Ant have built that and so yeah, talking to you guys, multiple different players on your team, it just, it really is obvious to see that you truly have that culture there. And uh, it's going to be on full display this Saturday at the Des Moines Rugby Fields, 11 a.m. kickoff against Arkansas. Uh, yeah, good luck this Saturday, man. We'll be, I'll be there. Phil will be there. I'm going to try to be there, but I don't know. My my son, he's not even two years old yet, and it might be just a little, little too cold. A little cold. too cold. But Phil, he'll be there. He's going to paint his chest. Be sure. But no, man. Good luck and and thanks for joining us, man. Thank you guys so much again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Have a good night. Yeah, good luck. Thanks too. All right, and that was Alex Geyser from uh, Iowa State University, front row guy. Yeah, yeah. Getting stuff done. Aunt Fryn, he was speaking very, very highly of this kid. And, um, Ant does a good job of like when they recruit kids, he like makes the posts. And uh, when I was like looking up Alex and trying to see some things, like I saw um, when Ant recruited him and made mm. the announcement. And yeah, I mean, he's played some, he was in like some Still age grade lot, yeah. stuff when he was in Missouri in high school. Uh, really excited to see. And it's so cool that it's in Des Moines. Really cool to yeah. see uh, this tournament happening right here in Des Moines. You're going out there. Everybody should go out there. Support the boys. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's always a good time to go watch other teams play rugby. So, especially <laughs> the college kids because they're yeah. the future of the clubs. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the men's clubs. Yeah, like ten percent of them. I'm just so hooked on that number. I don't know why. <laughs> well, and okay, that ten percent number that Phil keeps talking about. There was a research study that showed from high school to college, only about four to five percent of kids continue to play rugby. From college to senior side, about 10% of kids make that jump uh, from college to senior side. So 90% of the kids who play in college never play rugby again. That was from a study, I want to say, in like 2010. Hmm. So that data is super old, and I've been using it when I was like coaching, when I got into coaching Hmm. right away. That was my number that I used because I'm like, oh, that study's from four years ago. Okay, it's been 12 years now. I, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I'm curious. Somebody should do another study and see what it is currently. Yeah, I feel like Goff Rugby would be the guy because he has that next phase rugby app. Like mm, he could actually yeah. like legitimately track it. And like USA Rugby was the entity that did the data. Mm. 
I don't know how much I trust their data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one we know now. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, do they really know what's going on with player movement from from high school to senior side? But, like, yeah, that number's got to go. Like, think about that. Like, It's got to be higher than that. Because if be. 90% of people who play in college never play again, what, what do they do? Where do they go, Phil? I don't know. They just walk off the edge of the earth. They disappear forever. And cut this part out. Weird <laughs> no, I'm sad. I'm sad. But no, where do they go? Like, what do they do? You know, like, what should we? That's what we should do in the off season. Let's do a segment called "You Played Rugby in College. Why Don't You Play Anymore?" Oh, I got a lot of people that we can talk to. <laughs> Sounds like you want to roast them. Like, oh yeah, I got a few boys. <laughs> so we call people. I'm like, hey, uh, we're doing this survey. I, I really want to know. Uh, why you don't play rugby, and I and I want a problem solved to get more people, and you're coming in like, hey, you little bitch. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Were you scared? Oh, you have a family and kids now? Grow up. <laughs> oh, you work you work a job where you can't get hurt, and even though your insurance will cover it, you still need your hands and your body to work, and you want to be able to bend over and pick up your kids and play with them? Mm. Little bitch. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting from you. <laughs> <laughs> that was very uh, detailed. Felt kind of personal. Who do you think I was aiming it towards? Yourself. <laughs> I still play. I know you do. I'm not a little bitch. <laughs> That's why I'll never quit. <laughs> I told you the reason why I, I, I started playing rugby was I was trying to impress a girl to look like I was tough. Because mm. I knew I was a little bitch. <laughs> and then when I joined rugby, I'm like, I can't be a bitch. I, I play rugby. I'm so tough. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I understand your logic now. So I can't quit because I'm like, ah, oh, I knew it. He was a bitch the whole time. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, All right. Back into it. Back into it. So that's the heart of America. Uh, Big Ten. Let's talk about mm, the Big yeah. Ten. So they had their crossover event this past weekend. In the one bracket, Ohio State was the one from the east against Illinois, the number two from the west. Ohio State thumped them yeah. 64 to 18 on the other semifinal indiana the one seed from the west played notre dame the two seed on the east indiana wins 22 to 8 now those scores are wildly different and so i think it's a combination of i do think ohio state is better than indiana but I also think Notre Dame is far better than Illinois. I think yeah. the Ohio State Indiana game is going to be very close. I think Indiana could win. I mean, this is, I sound like you. Yeah. Both teams could win. Yeah. I don't know. Both teams are having fun. <laughs> but no, I think, I think it's a mix of like Illinois, they've done some really, really good stuff, but golly. Ohio State and Indiana both are they're just juggernauts, man. Yeah. And you said it like the beginning when we were like doing a preview of the Big Ten that you thought Ohio State was probably gonna be the one to win it all. It's really looking like it. Yeah, I just I don't know. Indiana, they've always historically they have a great history and people really believe in them. Uh they're like their alumni and their their Got program. Mark Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Cuban alumni. Uh I just don't think they have enough to take down Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, and then in the uh, bottom half of the league to see for, I guess that would be fifth place, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan State defeated Purdue 37-3, to 
Wisconsin defeated Michigan 19 to 14. So Wisconsin will play Michigan State and then Purdue will play Michigan. So Wisconsin against Michigan State for fifth. Purdue versus Michigan for seventh, which is crazy because we thought Michigan was going to have a chance to compete for the East. Yeah. There's a chance they could finish dead last in the Big Ten. Oh, is that crazy? That's wild. Hmm. That's but they're not they're not bad. They're not a bad club. No. Like these are all very, very tough teams. Um wow, that's interesting. So Purdue versus Michigan for the last spot. I think Michigan wins that. I think Wisconsin beats Michigan State. What do you think? I could see that, yeah. I mean I don't know. You don't. I don't. I don't know. You I don't, don't know, man. <laughs> I always speculate, and then usually I'm wrong. So that's why we shouldn't gamble. Yeah. No, <laughs> and then I gave up on that. <laughs> uh, this was cool too. They also had a B side or second fifteen championship, and that was also Ohio State versus Illinois. And when we talked to Joey Rasmus, former coach of Illinois. They had a huge roster because of what they did over COVID, mm. doing a little series on campus, and it pulled all these people out. 27-24, Ohio State yeah. wins, but only by three. That's pretty cool. I say that. That's really close. Wow. Yeah. So big stuff out of the Big Ten. Championship is going to be Ohio State versus Indiana. We'll keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Moving into D2, men's rugby. So, like I said earlier, there was a match we were talking about. That's why we play the game. We don't do it on paper. Um, We said, you know, when we talked to your boy, Coop. Cooper. uh, Looking at scores, Northern Iowa beat Whitewater and Loyola Mm -hmm. by more points than what What Marquette did. But that's not how rugby is played. Mm-hmm. University of Northern Iowa ends up losing to Marquette in the Great Midwest Final in a defeat of 20 to 5. Now, Marquette came out 15 to nothing right away. It was downpouring rain. Yeah. And I think that really favored Marquette because Marquette's head coach, Pat Cooney, he said the forwards did a great job of handling the ball and maintaining possession. Uh, oh, whoops, timeout. Pat Cooney is a player. He's a backline player. He is not their coach. <laughs> I'm reading from Goff Rugby Report. Of course. Pat Cooney, who is not a forward, so he can compliment the pack without being accused of bias. Uh, the continuity of the forwards meant that eventually Northern Iowa had to commit more resources to defend inside, and that made for some space elsewhere. And then the kicking game, they pinned you and I deep. Basically, you and I have some great athletes. Oh, yeah. And in space, and I don't want to blame the weather, but in space, they just have this fluid continuity. When it's raining, that ball's slippery. Yep. Things slow down a little bit. You, you got to make sure you have that possession. What I think happened, you know, Marquette is thicker in the pack. Mm. They had some beefier boys. Marquette slowed the game down, and we're basically like, we're going to bruise it. You look at some of the flankers and some of the second row guys, and even like in the front row, like Addison, he's a prop, but like any other club, he, he's yeah, not. He'd be like a flanker or something like that, or possibly eight man. Right. Like, And it's nothing against those guys' skill, no. but when you're in a rainy match and you have to grind it out, yeah. you know, that really played into Marquette's favor. Um, yeah. And it's just a tough, 
tough matchup the way that it just it happened but that, again that's rugby like you got to adjust you got to change the game plan sounded like in the second half they started to get things going yeah. kind of like the old expression well, if they would have played 100 minutes they would have won the game because yeah. things were moving what what did well, you hear from the boys well i mean i got to hear a little bit from like zeus and stuff i mean i don't want to put words in his mouth but like you know you kind of nail it on the head like the weather was i know a factor <laughs> weather is definitely a factor the ball is very slick you know and like you said, we, you and I relies heavily on their speed and athleticism, but when the conditions aren't so great and you're playing against guys that are a little bigger, they can like kind of slow the game down and makes things a little bit challenging. I also mentioned too, their fullback had a really good leg on him. Like anywhere he wanted to kick it and put it at, he would do it like no problem. Well, yeah. And that's what they were saying in this article. Like basically they pinned you and I deep and we're like, you have to work through us. Yeah. Good luck. And, like, you know, props to Marquette. But, okay, I have this picture pulled up. Look at that guy. Yeah, that's a beefcake. <laughs> I don't want to tackle that guy. His arms don't even fit in his sleeves. <laughs> he's got uh, he's got the mustache, and I don't know what position that guy played. He is bigger than every single guy on that team. And, like, he's not fat. That is a – look at that thigh. That's a thick boy. Beefcake. He looks athletic. Like – that's the thing. Uh, again, you and I have some amazing athletes and some amazing skill guys um, and guys who work their asses off. They don't have a guy shaped like that. No. That, and like what in the shape is, I don't know, this guy looks like he's what, 6'3", 240 and can move? He's a big dude. That's a big dude. He looks like he's at very athletic. Like it makes a difference. And also too, like, dude, you and I always get screwed over. Playoffs for you and I are always in Wisconsin against Wisconsin teams. I know. Every time. Every time. And the condi- yeah. the weather always it's, sucks. Yeah. Like when we played Don't Stout in the snow. That sucks. I mean, the Will Conference, when we did that the one year, I don't remember the weather being too terrible. I remember it being kind of cold, but I don't remember it yeah. being like awful. But I think that's like the only time the weather wasn't absolute yeah. shit. But, you know... Tough loss, but I mean they have playoffs coming up in two weeks. Looking forward to playing Principia. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you said, they they match up with Principia. They are in the round of sixteen. Mm-hmm. They got an automatic bid to nationals. So, you know, we were talking about this, you and me, just you know, because we're friends and we talk outside of the show. Of course, uh, we text. Yeah, and it's just crazy being a part of you and I's history and like looking back, like I don't think you and I has won a conference championship since like 2006, maybe 2007, five, like around that time they were in nationals. Um, You and I was in the final four last year. (laughs) They didn't win the conference title, but they made a run to the final four. So it's like, you don't have to win the conference title to make a deep run, but man, like, you got to think, like, with the talent they're bringing in, with the coaching they have, with the kids they have, the grit, and, the and like, these guys are working their asses off. And we, and we keep forgetting, well, I mean, we've brought up a million times, but, like, they're young. They're, they're young. a really young yes. team. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, next year, like, we're not going to be able to say, like, that they're young because they're going to be majority sophomores and juniors. Yeah. Majority juniors, a couple of seniors. Uh, you just think they got to punch through. Yeah. It, it's got they gotta it's break gonna through there. it'll be there it's gonna be there um so they can't don't hang their heads you know they they did really good it was a really good season regular season um and it sounds like it was a great match 
You play that game again, even in the rain, you can win that match. And they get a rematch against Principia. Tough draw. Mm. The Principia is the new number one ranked team. Here's the thing. One of you and I's goals, not not you and me. Yeah. <laughs> one of the University of Northern Iowa's goals is to win a national title. Yeah. Well, guess what? Principia is ranked number one. Either play them in the first round or play them in the last round. Guess what? If you beat Principia this weekend, every game is going to get easier. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. The, I think this Principia team, if you and I doesn't beat them, they will be the team to win the national title. Oh, I will put. Down. I would put money on that if it was a th- if I could. Hmm. Um, they just they're very talented. Norwich lost to Verm- Vermont. Um, I don't think IUP is is close to Principia. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Also, Loyola defeated Whitewater. So mm-hmm. Loyola is in the tournament as well, or they're wow. in a play-in game. Okay. Um, so that's that. pretty That's pretty cool too. And Goff Rugby was talking too, that University of Chicago, they only lost to Loyola 15-5. to That Chicago team versus Whitewater, that would be interesting. I know. I would want to see that. Hmm. Right? That'd be cool. Very interesting. Uh, so, yeah, big takeaways. Northern Iowa, great season. Hmm. Tough, tough draw in the rain. Um, they're still young. Got to beef up a little bit. They get a chance at Principia. They know what happened. The, like, that's the cool thing, too. They've played them once already. Yeah. They have the blueprint. Hmm. You know? Make your adjustments and see what you got. Yeah. And And don't hang your head because, like, just give it your all. And if you want to catch that match, too, they're going to be playing in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So, kind of want to make a trip. We'll see. Maybe. Oh, my God. Go down and live stream it right. from our account. It's possible. Okay. Also, GoFundMe, too. So, if anybody ever feels like donating some money to help them with their travel expenses, yes. do that, too, please. We should share that on the page, we too. Okay. Yeah, we got to get that on there. Um, other teams that won their conferences, Georgetown won the mark. They defeated Villanova 65-19, so they're in Nationals. And then Grand Valley State won the Great Lakes Conference. They beat Central Michigan 24-10. IUP won the Allegheny. They scored over 100 points on West Virginia. Oh. That blows me away. You are West Virginia. You're a, you, In my brain, and I remember like when all the, the changes were happening in college rugby, People were like, if you have a D1 football team or a D1 FBS football team, you're automatically D1 AA or higher in rugby. How the hell is West Virginia University, the Mountaineers, how are they a D2 team just getting shit Stomped. on? Yeah. Oof. I don't know. I don't know how that works. And then Marist defeated the United States Merchant Marine Academy twice. And they won the tri-state final. Uh, UVM, University of Vermont? Is that who? What? Who's UVM? Yeah, that's... That's, that's not Ver- Vermont. Well, okay. I have it listed as Vermont. But, no, but yeah, we got to read either. this. And in a bit of a shocker, Vermont defeated Norwich 25-7. to That's not even that close. Wow. Uh, this was perhaps one of the best examples of the 1995 Doctrine Teams that struggle to win can often be better prepared to win tough championship games than teams that had a lot of blowouts. UVM won their semifinal last week 16-9 to 
Norwich on their game, 83-5. to oh. Vermont's defense has been excellent this season. Uh, in their six conference games this fall, they've only given up 67 points, with the most being 17 to Bentley. That was a game they won 34 or by 34. Every other game has been close, including the tie against UMass Lowell. What was key for Vermont was that they got players back from injury, some of which were knocked out when they played their first game against Coast Guard. All of this could mean UVM could make a run. Okay, UVM is Vermont. Huh. I don't know what the M stands I for. Yes, I'm not really sure either. We sound like idiots. Um, <laughs> but that's funny. So what Goff Rugby basically is saying is like, because Norwich won 83 to 5, they were not tested. Because Vermont won 16 to 9, like it really forced them to not make penalties, to play tough, mm. to be very focused. And Norwich came into the match like, yeah, we're Norwich. We're going to kick their ass. And then Vermont's like, yeah, no, 25 to 7. <laughs> that's wild. I like it, though. I love seeing upsets. That's so cool. And that's the number one team in the country they upset. Yeah. And basically, I don't know if Norwich is even going to make the national tournament now. I think they will. I would assume they would, but well, yeah. hard to say. Hard to say. Uh, and that's our, our wrap-up for you know D2 Rugby. D2 Rugby. Uh, trying to think. Yeah, it's crazy. After this weekend... Not really a ton of stuff, I guess, besides collegiate rugby, but... But even, like, with collegiate rugby, like... Mostly just, like, deep. Well, well, D2 will go all the way to... To Houston. The women's women's will go to Houston, and then D2 will go to Houston in the next couple of weeks. Um, But, like, the D1AA men with Iowa State, they don't play their nationals till spring. Uh, Senior side stuff is over. Uh, We're really... Yeah, this... Oh, it's such a sad time. Speaking of senior side stuff, too, uh, at the Midwest Championships, they are having a women's D3, like, select side matchup. This is kind of cool. So in that festival division uh, where all those teams were, like, combining to make friendlies and stuff like that, they are actually doing a Western team versus an Eastern team, like a select side, play with the best players, um, East versus West game, and two women from the Des Moines women's rugby team will be competing. We have Mackenzie Gibbons and uh, hold on, we had it down here. Mackenzie Gibbons and Kyron Nopik from okay. Des Moines. So yeah, yeah, that's exciting. That's really cool. Um, where is that at again? Where are they playing that at? Did it say on the Chicago. It did say Chicago. Okay. Lamont, Illinois, the Chicago oh, Blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Duh. the Midwest Championships. It's one thing. Oh. You're so stupid. No, it's all those matches. So, like, they'll have the D1 Midwest Championship and the D2 mm-hmm. Midwest Championship, uh, men's and women's, and then D3 for men's. And then for the women's D3, it'll be like the select side match. It's cool, though. Yeah, well, and, yeah, it's something. And I think the idea is one, it gets the players who really give a shit an opportunity to play with other players who give a shit. Because yeah. I guarantee almost every girl that's, or woman, sorry, every woman that's playing in this match, they're probably like the officers of their club. They're the people who put in all this time and effort. And then they're like, we have seven people. Mm. And the fact that they're going to get to play with other people who are on the same level as them of ability and how much they care, that'll be cool. Yeah, and then hopefully cool. they go back to their home clubs and be like, everybody, rugby's awesome. Let's go. You know, that I think that's kind of the idea. So I like it. I like it too. That's good stuff. And then speaking of like more women's stuff, select side stuff, 
era. We talked about era a while back, mm. Liberty Cawthorn, and then I think uh, there's a girl from Ankeny, the Eagle Impact Rugby Academy. Mm. Basically, it's an academy that scouts the United States for high school-aged players. They take them on tours in the United States, uh, internationally, internationally. Liberty went to Ireland to play on a tour with Ira. So Ira has taken notice, hey, there's great women's rugby happening in Iowa. They did a camp, an identification camp in Des Moines, or maybe it was Altoona, Des Moines area, central Iowa. Yeah. They did their first ever academy camp in Iowa uh, this past weekend. Girls from every single club in the state of Iowa were represented, and also some clubs in Missouri. There's, I think it looks like there's about like 50 girls. Yeah, I was looking at the pictures like, wow, there's a lot of people. Yeah, cool to see. Like you see every high school is represented. Like they have their team colors um, and everyone's like intermixed there. And it's just really cool because, you know, as the World Cup is coming up in a decade, potentially those girls who are 16, 17, 18, They'll be 26, 27, 28 yeah, by the time them on the field. Yeah, there's a chance. And like this academy, they identify, they tag these players, they take them on tours, they put them in a player pool, they continue keeping an eye on their careers uh, and developing them. So the fact that Ira has decided we need to make a base in Iowa because they got their shit figured out and they are going to have players of the future. That's huge. Yeah, it's exciting. Because when you look at other places that Ira went to, you want me to read off some of the names of the places they went? Because I'll do it. I'm waiting. No, I know you are. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna read these places off. <laughs> I yep. mean, I can take a wild guess, and they're probably mostly like large, like metro areas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, let's see here. Hey, Des Moines. Oh, it was in the Recplex. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I can't find the one that they had, but yes, every single place was in a, a big city. Um, massive got, market. And then you got Des Moines. And then you got Des Moines. Yeah, people, they're taking notice. And I think that, again, is a testament to the college women's programs and also the high school programs mm-hmm. and the fact that these high school girls are going to college. I mean... Aquinas, again, I'm going to give them another shout-out. They just had their final match, uh, and they played against Michigan in some sevens. They won 34-0. to awesome. Guess what? Only two players on that team scored points for them. Oh, and my God. Who was it, Mr. Gray? Genesis Dotson and Liberty Cawthorn. Oh, they Woo! both went to Roosevelt. But the thing is, I'm, I'm not trying to go down that route. I'm not making <laughs> that joke. What I'm saying is yeah. those girls played rugby in high school in Iowa. Mm-hmm. For me, <laughs> I know. Sorry, no, we're not. No, we're not going down there. Those girls played high school rugby in Iowa. Mm-hmm. They used the Next Phase Rugby app to be like, "Hey, here's my highlight tape. Here's who I am." This varsity program in Michigan, who just started up, they didn't even have a conference schedule. They just did friendlies because they're they're building up for something. Um, they built their program around them. And they're ready to like compete in a conference next year because of girls from Iowa. And there's a girl from Ankeny on that team as well. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more of it. Women's varsity programs are popping up because of Title IX. 
colleges really want to even, well, legally they have to, uh, they need to even how many scholarships they have, men's to women's. Rugby is a vehicle to make that happen. Where are they finding players? Iowa. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Also with the Iowa High School Youth Rugby Association, uh, Shields donated $500 to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. That's really cool that uh, they're getting some of those sponsorships and hopefully we see some more and some more money getting pumped into that. Yeah, because we talked everything feeds into itself. The more success you have, the more willing people are going to give money. The more money you have, the more tours, the more trips, the better training facilities. And uh, It definitely can help provide more opportunities to a lot of these high school athletes, that's for sure. Especially if it's, you know, because there's yeah. always like families that might have a little bit of struggles and stuff. Too, yeah. So. yeah and, you, and we always talk about this too. Like the reason why the Wombats player dues are 150 for an entire year. We keep it low because we never want money to be the barrier. Exactly. Rugby is such an amazing vehicle for community. It's an amazing uh, way to just find, you know, your home, you know, people that care about you. And the fact that like, you know, we don't want money to be that barrier. Yeah. Never want anybody to be deterred from playing rugby solely because of money. Especially a kid. Yeah, exactly. Especially a kid like that, that, that breaks your heart where it's like, Hey, I think I can be good at this niche sport. I think someone talked me into it. Uh, you have a hundred bucks. I'm out. It shouldn't be that expensive. Yeah, exactly. So good on them for getting a sponsor there. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So moving on from high school stuff, uh, cause then we won't really get into high school stuff again until the spring when the yeah. boys season start. And again, we want to really revamp how we do that. We'll have more time because we won't be in our competitive season. I really want to give the high school boys season. I don't know. You're going to see a lot of different things. We're going to try some different things. Try some different stuff. We'll see how that all pans out. <laughs> like having a microphone and actually going to the events, maybe streaming and interviewing people on site. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's that's a plan. Mm. So. The World Series of Rugby Sevens yeah. has come back. They were in Hong Kong. Like I just like just right powered through it. <laughs> <laughs> no transition, just powered through. So they were in Hong Kong for the first stop. Australia defeats yeah. Fiji. That's fascinating. Without looking, because I just covered up. What place do you think New Zealand got? Oh God, uh, trying to remember because. I know France got third because they beat out the U.S. Yep. Trying to remember. So Australia won, Fiji two, France third. They get seventh? Ninth. Ninth? What? Yeah. Uh, Samoa got fourth. Argentina beat USA. So Argentina got fifth. USA sixth. Ireland seven. South Africa eight. And New Zealand ninth. Wow. Yeah. That's... Canada 10, Great Britain 11? I mean, like, looking at it, like, I would expect Argentina to be up there and Fiji, obviously, I would assume Fiji would have won the whole thing, but, huh, yeah, some of those are a little bit surprising. Well, and, okay, you know what, actually, New Zealand finished 8th in the series last year, and England was 10th last year, so Australia won the series, South Africa was 2nd, Fiji was 3rd. Argentina was fourth. So, I mean, 
I guess it's not too far off of what happened last year. Hmm. The next tournament will be in Dubai, and that'll be in 22 days. So first stop in Hong Kong is done. USA is in sixth. A lot of new faces. Yeah. Because, was it Folanua? He retired. Tired, yeah, He's he been retired. he just a force. That, that big hair, mm. scrum cap, seeing him in the middle of the pitch. Uh, kind of weird not seeing him on there. Uh, Carlin Isles wasn't on the roster. Mm. I don't know what's going on with him. But Perry Baker was there. A lot of new faces. I think, you know, as, good. as USA Rugby, I feel like the player pool is getting deeper. A lot more crossover athletes. They have a lot more people to pick from. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more changes from event to event while they try to fine-tune this team. Then if you look at the women's, their first event is in Dubai. So the women have fewer stops on the Sevens World Series Tour. Uh, They will start in Dubai. Then the World Cup for 15s Rugby, the USA men, They are trying to get into the Rugby World Cup 2023. They are in that repage, repage, I don't know how to say that word. Do you see that word? The Olympic? I would say it would be repage, repage, yeah. That's how I would pronounce it. In my brain, I always thought it was like recharge, repage, charge. I always thought it was the recharge hmm. when I was younger. But basically, this is a play-in game. This yeah. is like a play-in tournament. There's one spot left because they have like certain parts of the world where like this con- or this continent gets three, this continent gets two, this continent gets one, and then this is a wild card everyone left over. So the teams left over are Portugal, USA, Kenya, and Hong Kong. USA defeated Kenya 68-14. Hell yeah. Awesome. And Goff Rugby said boxes checked mostly for USA and Dubai. So job number one is done, but there are two more big jobs to do for the USA men's 15s team. And even with that first victory over Kenya, yes, they won by 44, and they got the bonus point. What they can work on, conditioning, discipline, basic skills, and unleash the fury. That's from Goff Rugby. So things they can work on. They will play Hong Kong this weekend. Portugal defeated Hong Kong 42-14. And I think... I like those odds. Yeah. yeah. But again, <laughs> numbers, and it's... We were just talking about this earlier. You know, you can't really... I think you, you can. I, at this level, I think you can, though. Eh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we've been, we've been surprised before. Yeah. I, I really do think from the start of this, we knew it was going to be between USA and Portugal. Hmm. Hong Kong and Kenya aren't really two teams in 15s. You see them in sevens, but you don't really see them in fifteens, like competing for a World Cup. I mean, you don't really see USA competing for a World Cup. Yeah, that's true. I was just gonna say, but but <sighs> Portugal's gonna be tough. Yeah, and that's the one two weeks from now that we're really gonna want to keep an eye on, uh, because if we don't make it into the World Cup for twenty twenty three, you know, we have a decade to figure it out. How do you go from we can't even get into the tournament to now we're hosting so ten yeah. years later? Whew, that's, yeah, this is big. I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things where even though it's very niche, you know, you think of like on ESPN or like on a on a sports ticker, if we can't even make the World Cup, people aren't going to know this. We make the World Cup, yeah, it'll be a footnote on the back page, yeah. but it, at least it's on the publication. At least it's on the website. 
if they don't make it in here, you know, that's another cycle of years before people even notice rugby in the mainstream. Because if you think of the average American meathead fan, football, baseball, basketball, a little bit of hockey. Yeah. People don't give a shit outside of that unless you really give a shit. Uh, so they need to win this. Uh, just get that attention on it, that positive attention, oh. you know? Uh, it sounds like we're going to be able to stream it on Peacock, right? Peacock. Cock, yeah. cock, cock, cock. Have you heard that song by Katy Perry? Of course. <laughs> I don't know why that. Again, my brain. Katy Perry, she's a robot. Haven't you heard? I saw that with yeah, her eyelash. That was weird. That was weird. But yeah, a lot of people are like freaking out about that for some reason. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, not to go conspiracy theory. Uh, maybe. I don't know. People in Hollywood and media. Entertain. They're not real people. <laughs> They're all lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. We should get out of here. We're getting rabbit uh, going too far. The rabbit or the Reddit uh, conspiracy theory threads. <laughs> Did you listen to Joe Rogan today? <laughs> uh, you know it'd be funny. What? Are you picking nose hairs? No, dude. God damn. What are you doing? I my nose is so dry right now. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I just see you like. I thought you were ripping nose hairs out. Oh no. Have you ever done that? Oh yeah. That sucks. That's not fun. No, I hate that. I'm like, oh, look at that. And just, oof, crying, eyes watering. No good. No good. Uh, do you want to know something funny, too? There was one time. It was way back in the day, playing for you and I. <clears throat> Eric Frana, he'll probably remember this story. We had to play Minnesota. And I would have been a sophomore. I was living in the big league house with Frana and Jeremy Newman. We had to go to Minneapolis, and I remember I did a mustache because I was like, "Ah, oh, this will be funny." Went to FAC; and they had you know like two dollar double rum and cokes. Just immediately go get those. I was asleep by asleep. I was asleep by like six thirty p.m. because so I think I got there at like two in the afternoon. Just six thirty, I'm out. Sounds about right. So I wake up in the morning. I'm like, "Oh, this mustache is stupid. I'm super hungover. I'm gonna shave it off." So I shave off my mustache. As we're driving, I realize above the right side of my lips, there was a little patch of hair that I, like the <laughs> corner of the mustache, I didn't shave off. I missed it. So as we're driving up, I ripped out, I pulled, oh. I yanked every single hair out because this little patch was bugging me. Because I think Eric's girlfriend at the time was like, what? what is on your face? And I'm just like, oh my God. Cause I'm pretty sure I was like shaving in the dark really quick. It's like, we gotta go. We gotta go. And I'm like, uh, I, should I even go? I don't feel good. I'm like get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it hurts. I can't believe you off your face though. God, that would hurt like hell. Yeah. I mean, I was already hurting. See, you didn't have to play rugby to prove you're a tough guy. You are a tough guy. <laughs> no, I wasn't tough. I was stupid. I was really dumb. Also, that was a match we played against uh, Nate Osberger. Osmer- Nate Ebner? No. No, because that was when he played at Ohio. Well, yeah, we played. Uh, we went to Minnesota. We I'm, went to Minnesota. I'm shit. talking. Thinking, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the guy. He plays scrum half for USA right now, and he plays in the NMLR. Oh, yeah. yeah Nate Osberger. Yeah. Osberger. Um, yeah, I played B side that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Um, 
Yeah, you know what? I think coming up, let's just real quick preview. So like we said, we're going to have an eye on the college tournaments that are coming Mm up. We'll take a look at the Midwest finals. But after next week, there's no, you know, senior side stuff anymore. Mm. Um, And then we're going to take a look at uh, high school girls, coaches, and players. Check in on some uh, men's teams, too, what they're doing in the offseason. Yeah, so we want to check in on men's programs, like the the senior sides, to be like, hey, what are you doing in the offseason? What do you because the number one thing too that teams always ask or people ask is like, how do you recruit? How do you build in the offseason? And what I want to use this for is, you know, not to get like a leg up on anyone, but to like be a source of collective knowledge. Like yep. if they're doing something in Mason City and someone's doing something in Davenport and someone's doing something in Dubuque and we're doing something in West Des Moines and it works for us, it could work for someone else. Mm-hmm. It might not, but it could. Why not get these collective ideas of like, how are you building? How are you building? Because again, we're seeing it with the women's programs in college. When everyone builds up, it puts everyone on the national stage and it it helps everyone. So yeah, and we want to reach out to some like, I don't know, MLR people or like national people too. That'd be cool. We're going to get back into our old uh, format when the college games end. Maybe not two episodes a week because again... Life's... Well, yeah, life and not a whole lot's happening at the moment, so yeah, rugby. So yeah, and so we'll we'll do some more longer, like forty minute interviews again, mm-hmm. or just have uh, it would be fun get people in person again would be cool. <laughs> yeah, have a few nights like we had. Oh, Ooh. the question. <laughs> this is what I wanted to end on. This was the thing. Okay, are you ready for this? Uh, yeah, sure. So you were doing, we're doing, uh, sober November, right? Yeah. How you doing with that? pretty good it's i mean like i that sounded like not very reassuring but yeah. have you had a drink not yet no nice. it's been what's the date so it has been nine days since i've had a drink nice feeling good yeah good so this was the question i had for you i was doing really good and then i went to pally's the other day <laughs> and you know you love having like that home bar because you like walk in they already know your order so Raven sees me, and I see she already pulls the Miller Lite tab, and she's pouring me a Miller Lite, and I'm like, ah. She hands me the full mug. Not not the pint, the mug. Of course. And she's like, hey, how you doing? Here you go. And I'm like, oh, thanks. I can't say, oh, I'm not <laughs> drinking right now. I drank it. Of course. Then she got me a refill. I didn't ask for, re- I was like, oh, I got you. Cause it's like, that's what I do. And I didn't say no. Does that go? Did I fail? Did I lose? I didn't want to be rude and be like, I'm not paying for this. I'm taking a break. Hmm. I would say you lost. So what do I do? Just throw the drink in her face. I didn't ask for this. I mean, to be fair, if I was in the same situation, I would have done the same thing. So Right. Like she's yeah. she's great to us. She's awesome. And like what am I gonna do? Oh, I'm still gonna say I'm still gonna say you failed though. I did. <laughs> 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 I needed that. That's tough love. I need that accountability. Of course. I got you. I mean, I think the way to really fix it is going sober for a month don't walk into a bar <laughs> yeah that's probably the easiest way to do it especially if they know your drink order uh, but it was so good though yeah. let me tell you about how crisp and refreshing it was now nah, let's not do that 
it's going to be challenging too this weekend because watching rugby. I don't think I've ever watched rugby or been in a rugby event without having a beer. So that's going to be weird. <laughs> and obviously, uh, I have a friend's birthday that night too. Who's your friend? Emma Billerbeck, Alex's girlfriend who plays rugby with us. Are you going to be like, ah, well, I'll have a box gonna, of water, I'm please. I'm going to for like dinner and stuff, so I probably just won't order anything to drink. But then if I do end up going to St. Louis to watch you and I play, that would be a, <laughs> be a huge challenge. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see in the be, coming weeks. I'll be excited. That'll be the first thing we should talk about. Yeah. You know, so. But, I mean, overall, though, how you feeling? Good, you. 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 Good, you.